Hey, it's Afton. And today's guest is Kenan. Kenan is a producer musician who became the architect of his own world one of sound and visuals that combined the charms of the DIY, retro, and bedroom made with the additive gloss of the modern. In 2020, he decided to step in front of the mic, feeling the need to deliver messages that only he could from his own perspective as a queer Asian American. Timothy Chalamet was his first song that reached more than a million plays on Spotify. This achievement was accomplished again with the quintessential indie pop 12365 for me. This is Kenan. So you're self-taught and like for me, I feel like there is a challenge to being self-taught, but then there's always, you know, it's like, holy crap, this person has strived for this this goal that they had you know Mm. so yeah in the in the sense of being self-taught what was the process like of teaching yourself how to produce and what challenges did you have and how did you overcome these challenges Mm -hmm. well it all started in the very beginning with me being 12 um, in elementary school and my school had computer labs so GarageBand was on there and I was just playing around with loops and stuff and eventually I was like you know I want to do this at home mm-hmm. I downloaded FL, FL Studio I looked at um, YouTube tutorials which I would say has been the number one thing that um, helped me like there's just ev- everything everything is on there truly and um, over the years I got more serious with it and then in high school I was like yeah I want to like make a career out of music production Mm. and I did want to go to a post-secondary for that kind of stuff the challenge is um, music production specifically like a lot of schools were more focused on like classical piano yeah yeah that's not your way to go no no just because like I mean that kind of route if you wanted to play an orchestra right and for me i was like i wanted something more contemporary um berkeley college of music in the states uh seemed like a really good match for me oh yeah so i actually did audition and i got in but i just couldn't afford it Mm. so i ended up going still to a school for audio recording technology i would say that's definitely helped in like preparing me for uh, being employed in the audio industry, yeah, but yeah. not necessarily music production specifically, because at that point, like I had already, you know, done it for a few years. I even though it was just YouTube tutorials, like I had produced for a few people and myself, of course. So, yeah. So yeah. Yo, man, that on its own is so bloody interesting. <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to talk to you for a bit. That's why I'm like oh man, he's finally here, <laughs> right? And, and yeah, um, just hearing you go on about that. Like, firstly, don't get me wrong. I also use YouTube tutorials. Those mm-hmm. things are the bomb, right? Um, but right now with the dislike button being removed, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right? Yes. It's like, it's really hard to filter out all these other channels. I, I know it wasn't back then, but then since it is now, what are your recommendations for tutorial wise and on top of that a lot of youtubers uh or people that teach tend to have 
um, extra Patreons and whatnot that mm. go and teach you even more. Did you did you utilize those as well, or? Um, uh, I did not utilize those. I was have. I think I came around a sort of a lucky time um, because. It was like it would have been what, like twenty twelve, and yeah, I think yeah. YouTube was definitely different back then. And there were people just like, you know, not trying to sell a course or whatever, just you know, showing their stuff. And honestly, those channels, I don't even know if they're still active. Yeah, I think there was one called like How to Make E Music, you know, because during that time, Dead Mouse and like. Um, those electronic producers were sort of like trending and mm -hmm. um, you know that was initially the kind of music I wanted to learn to make so EDM yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so later on you know I still like revisit YouTube every once in a while like there's always kind of new sounds and new sort of things popping up that I want to learn so um, there's one called I think how to make pop music I don't know. There's this guy like who's like blonde, kind of short looking. <laughs> He's always like holding up a finger, <laughs> like three. If it's like three ways or whatever, and he's holding like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> holding up like three on his hand. Um, but he he has really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's like how to make a Ariana Grande type beat and mm. stuff like that. How to make a Lauv type beat. Um, those are really helpful. As you said, you still go over them here and there. What mm. I, I feel like you wouldn't necessarily go for, say, something very broad now since you've been producing and creating. So I feel like when you search, it's more specific. Um, and it's like, yeah, it, it's very specific rather than um, beginner guide on how to create XYZ. Is, is that the case right now or... Do you still find yourself here and there um, searching, say, broad type of um, tutorial guides? Mm. Nowadays, usually it's more specific. Yeah. yeah. Uh, could you give an example? I guess more recently, like, because, you know, I've done it for a few years. So not to like to my own horn, but I can just kind <laughs> of like, you know, listen to something and then mm. um, be like, oh, if this drum has this certain sound i can kind of like break down the rhythms of it yeah. or like what are the qualities of that snare and i just you know i can find it myself on splice or whatever yeah and, yeah. yeah that's that's man crazy <laughs> <laughs> thanks can you further elaborate on the challenges of being self-taught what what challenges did you face mm. as a self-taught artist i guess um if I were in a more sort of like formal sort of uh, academic setting, which um, I think there there definitely are out there. Like, for example, like Ryerson's, um, uh, what do you call it? New music, professional music program. Yeah. It's their first year and I have um, a they, friend they who... They just started? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. who I have a friend who um, uh, is enrolled in that. It seems like, you know, there are certain advantages, for example, like it's basically a timeline of, oh, you get, you know how to do this at this point. Mm. So you definitely have to, if if you're just teaching yourself, you have to be passionate because, you know, no one's going to be there to 
tell you to do this or learn learn that i feel as mentioned i feel like it's just tough doing that you know but um i was talking to someone about this and there are two types of people and they learn differently one person learns well on their own and the other learns well academically and i feel like from hearing you you've quite gotten the grasp of learning alone but as you said like it, it does take quite a lot of dedication to your field whatever field it is art film dance music Mm -hmm. right there is a lot of dedication to striving it on your not necessarily on your own but more as an individual because you're you have to go across some sources that you're like oh okay like you you have to kind of fact check everything yourself in Mm -hmm. a sense yeah is there anyone that helped you like how yeah that helped elevate you um in a sense that you could go to them and be like hey i don't really get this um mm. can you help me understand this right and say they had the knowledge mm. right that you were after is there anyone that helped like you a mentorship stuff? dynamic uh, sort of could be a friend right could be someone mm. that it could be anyone um yeah definitely like more more as a peer than a mentor but mm. still um someone who helped me a lot was the musician friends i had as i was starting to kind of well through kind of not starting but through the journey you know yeah um for example lao cam he's a singer songwriter he also produces his own stuff and i would have to say he's probably my number one go-to person for thoughts on stuff and you know i try to help him as well so we just send each other um these dropbox files and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah I know what it's like sending. Um, I have a peer of mine that I also do the same thing with, and it, mm. it, it's just it's just great mm-hmm. having feedback from someone else. Mm-hmm. Like the voice in my head is limited to only the things that I have experienced, and having an exterior POV is something that helps elevate one's work. Yeah, are they um, other places? other um, music scenes that you are keen on experiencing other than Toronto? Mm, Lately, London has been on my mind. Really? Yeah, because um, an artist I love, Rex Orange County, comes from there. Um, Yeah, and a lot of, like, really interesting artists and um, people who, like, do more kind of indie pop stuff like me. Mm -hmm. Um. So I never been there, but um, I love to experience it. My favorite, like my top artist, I don't know if he's from London. Um, I have no idea. Mm. Anyways, for, for he's from England. Um, his name is Jamie Isaac, and mm. he is amazing. I feel like you should give him a listen. Um, mm. Some someone Jamie that Isaac. yeah, Jamie Isaac. He creates a type of music that you don't really get a grasp of on the first listen at least mm. through my perspective and through the people that have mentioned him to's perspectives right the first listen is always like eh i don't know if it's my vibe and then they listen to it again and they're like oh and then they just keep listening to him with um toronto's music scene though i feel like you're around quite a bit here and there yeah. right yes um do you, do you see any room for improvements in Toronto's music scene? What's mm. lacking 
here that you find can be improved? One thing I notice is that there is a lot of um, more focus for maybe rap R&B because the big names that come out of here are like Drake, The Weeknd, and um, so I think that sort of, I guess, Wait, you know, influence people. Yes. I didn't yes. know this. <laughs> well, I'm not into mainstream, right? Oh, um, mm. I, I listen to a lot of locals and indies, mm, right? Nice. So I did not know that. Sorry for cutting you out. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact, 101. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think if if uh, there were kind of more, I guess, other genres, I think there there's definitely artists there. But if you think of Toronto, you, you mostly think of like rap and hip hop. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that's. Um, I hate to say this, but then I feel like that's like music everywhere nowadays, mm. right? In like around twenty fourteen. 20, 2012, me as like a FIFA fan um, mm. as a kid. Um, so FIFA would get like uh, songs, best songs of the year or whatever like that. Something by the Gorillas, something um, by like, I don't know if it's Kids Next Door. No, not Kids Next Door. Something Door, <laughs> Next Door, Two Door, <laughs> something. Um, like you, you just get a diverse but now it's all it's all a rap and yeah i'm kind of bummed by that it's just like i guess the genre that's trending and in time you know trends are always like a pendulum so it'll yeah that that's like imagine i'd imagine like if you were growing up in toronto and like you listen to drake because you know he grew up <laughs> in your neighborhood or whatever <laughs> like um and then you're like, oh, I want to be like the next Drake or whatever. And I don't know. It's just like yeah, yeah, this sort of like, I guess, you know, it's it's like natural, I guess. But it's also like, you know, I do wish that there were like other genres had it also like a slice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you define what unique is? Unique? Something different something special something that it doesn't have to be something we never heard before but if an artist is unique yeah they don't have to reinvent the wheel but if they have or if they are able to tune into the perspective that they have and create music that can like for example, like reference these influences and put them together. And when you hear it, you can tell like, oh, this is like, this is, this is something new. This is something fresh. So you have to take ideas from different departments or different areas. And as you said, combine them together. It doesn't have to be new. Say, for instance, taking something classical and mixing it with, um, we'll just say rap music, um, hip hop, mixing those two together and getting something quite different. Yeah, I mean, it's fine if you just want to like make a Drake type B, you know, just 
like do his thing and there's a market for it lots of people yeah listen to drake and like i'm sure on their playlist you know they'd want music that would match their doing their vibe. i don't know car, like vibe playlist they yeah. want like vibe playlists with like you know those kind of beats but mm. um if you want to you know do that it's fine it's like what you like yeah but when it comes to like standing out and making your own mark in the music culture then doing something special that's what's gonna help you leave your mark because drake already left his mark yeah but if you want to leave your own you have to do something you haven't heard before mm. And how are you taking that and utilizing it with your work? Mm, that I like to think that my sound is pretty interesting considering just like the path that I sort of had when it came to, you know, what I grew up listening on, what I made in the beginning, which was electronic, and then coming to, uh, indie pop when I first decided singing like that whole journey I think it all contributed to uh where I am now because yes I I, I do indie pop I think it's a good match for me mm. um I believe so too <laughs> thank you <laughs> but growing up Madion was one of my favorite artists um oh, yeah he's like this uh electronic producer and he was super young and i was super young i was like oh my god we're like the same <laughs> <laughs> and um i saw what he did on the launch pad in that like music video that like uh, blew up yeah um and yeah i was like influenced by him and his sound was so lively and present loud um and that's something like i definitely took with me to um when i released my first ep uh Kenan's cassettes oh yeah 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 i just like um i think the way i mastered the ep is just like i just try to push it all the way because i like that i like that sound and yeah. you know that's um a choice i made based on my love for madion yeah. back in the day so what was the process like creating your ep um what challenges did you have and what was the feeling like of completing the EP? I first decided to sing in 2020. Yeah. Um, before that, I had just been working as a producer. And I think the whole journey, it definitely took some trial and error. I mean, the very um, first concept of a Kenan EP was like this kind of almost more hyperpop inspired like charlie xcx type ep yeah i had like demos for it and everything i was writing producing and like i don't know if that's ever gonna see the light of day <laughs> but um eventually kind of i was like oh indie pop this is like for the type of lyrics i'm doing um which were more kind of personal and kind of authentic or whatever like it seemed like that was a kind of uh good genre to yeah. do and you know um when it came to 
I mean, even style. All the indie kids, they wear what, like, the like thrifted stuff, and like I already do that, <laughs> so I'm like, you know, might as well make this music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, um, making the CP, and it. I decided on the concept of um. The, or the title Kenan's Cassettes. Like, once I had a few songs together, I was like, this is a good match because um, it kind of reflected a little bit of like the 80s influence in it and the idea of like, you know, because with cassettes, you could make your own like little mixtape or yeah. whatever. And that sort of like personal feeling is what yeah. I wanted to capture. So that was kind of the process. And um, I was actually um, picked up by the label Black Box um, during my as I was independently rolling it out, and then I finished it soon after. I remember handing it in in the um, the Google Drive folder that's shared between me and that label. And well, I guess some people they had they they have that like finishing stroke on their canvas and they're like yeah i'm done but so like i i feel like i definitely had to like well i said i'm done to the label <laughs> and then i'm actually can i like edit this song oh what so, what did they say from that did they 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 you? let me okay, they let okay, me because okay. it was like you know four weeks in advance of the actual like scheduled release date oh so, my yeah. <laughs> yo how is that okay like with your time frame mm -hmm. um as a musician is that a lot of time or is that like cutting it mm -hmm. short i would say with a label like that's pretty standard oh yeah, yeah. okay or so actually it might have even been longer for the full ep i mean yeah um with a song it's like four weeks but with the ep you know the one I'm currently rolling out, the songs are all the songs are already done, mm -hmm. and it's been a full twelve months since I finished it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. What are the benefits of being an individual artist and being um, signed with a label? Um, the number one benefit of a label for myself, and I'm sure for many other artists, is the budget. You know, I would um, compare labels to investors in your business. Okay. Um, I think some people think labels are the type to, like, develop artists and then, like, put a lot of resources and, and getting opportunities. So when it comes to, like, booking shows, for example, like, you'd have a manager or... Um, uh, a booking agent and those are people who would be on your own team rather than um, a labels so and I guess some labels would have in-house maybe people who help you book shows but for the most part in my experience at least they've mostly just been investors you know sometimes they'll want a say in like you know the product that they're investing into yeah. but I would say it's maybe less specific direction than a manager because yeah, a manager i think um would maybe like actually 
sit and listen and oh, take okay. the yeah. specific like oh this song maybe like the intro should be shorter okay too like would they just be like okay we want xyz genre um a song xyz long um so i think it definitely depends um when i did my first ep with um um i mean the the project was already kind of completed when they um took it on but yeah rolling it out and like making the videos they didn't even ask like what the concept of the video was they just like <laughs> let me do my thing which is kind of great that sounds um, good yeah and i was definitely lucky um more recently they've been i think more wanting to like change the strategy um but yeah i think like the advantage of being completely independent is that like you can just fully just do whatever you want and the four weeks in advance release dates like <laughs> you can just put a song the next day after you make it and yeah. like that's the sort of freedom that is really nice yeah so it's you know it's got its pros and cons with your label did you um actively look around for them or did they come to you um so I uh, started working with a manager before a label. Okay. And um, she pitched me to the label. Oh, okay. Yeah. Say an artist wants to create music and they also want to have a label. They want to be um, exclusive with a label, mm -hmm. right? What route would they have to go to achieve such a goal? Mm. Um. So the thing with labels, I think currently nowadays, is that I think the strategy for them is to notice artists that already kind of develop themselves and um maybe has like a trending song or whatever, and then like you know they kind of like um want to be a part of that and just like invest and hope that their business grows and that's sort of the process so um i would say for new artists to um not actively look for a label but just focus on knowing what your brand is and then like having good songs good content that like people want to share and tiktok mm -hmm. is like a big thing right now mm -hmm. i read somewhere that like an artist should make 15 tiktoks before the song releases and i'm like whoa oh, i made like one for my <laughs> <laughs> for my last song <laughs> so yeah it's it's pretty crazy you know like the music industry is changing. I think back in the day, um, there was definitely a lot more money to be thrown around. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, imagine the age of CDs. You wanted to listen to one song, you had to buy a whole CD. Yes, and, very true. Yeah. So, like, everyone was balling back then. Producers <laughs> would be, like, you know, would be living it up in these houses yeah. and i'm like oh my god i wish i was <laughs> <laughs> but like you know even though labels like don't necessarily 
I don't know. I because I get the impression that back in the day, they'd fish out someone from the streets or in an open mic, mm. and like okay, no and internet, like no. develop them. But now, I guess the it's not uh, a dis- disadvantage now either mm-hmm. because. Um, sure, there's less money to be thrown around, but there's more access. So, um, yeah, if you have a TikTok that pops off, which you know anybody can make a TikTok, so um, there's a lot of things you can do. You know, if you just have a good good page and Instagram socials, you you know it's a lot of luck as well. But like anybody can upload a video. That's true, mm-hmm. and and what about um, finding a manager? Did you actively look for a manager uh, in, in in the realm of looking for or acquiring a manager? Is it different? So the manager I worked with reached out to me, um, okay, and apparently I've heard that is the best way that like things happen um, because it's more sort of organic and you want someone who truly wants to work with you yeah. work for you so um definitely networking is a good way to you know find yourself in a position where that happens so and networking's annoying sometimes you have to like <laughs> go to places and like you know if you're more introverted like i can be sometimes yeah it's like uh, you know, I didn't sign up for this, but you, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. So one should have their together. Yeah, I definitely try to take my time to find that find music that matched me and like had um visual concept that matched my music brand and just like have everything be tied together and just yeah. made sense and you know, there was going to be a certain type of audience, which is like, for me, like more Gen Z and just making sure it makes sense, you know, and you're like, I think people think that, oh, branding means like, like playing a character almost, but really you can just look at yourself and like I said, I wear thrifted <laughs> shirts, so I might as well be an indie pop artist. Like, it was really as simple as that. <laughs> um, and I'll add on to that, actually. So a specific song that kind of caught the attention of the label was called Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Um, I wrote it based on a true story, but it definitely helped that he, you know, is... A, pretty well-known actor um and if you go i remember in march 2020 if you went on tiktok i mean i don't know if it was just me but everything was booming yeah like you <laughs> looked at every like every other video that came on my for you page at least was about him yeah. maybe i'm just like too obsessed with him or whatever but <laughs> <laughs> but you scroll and yeah like there are a lot of people talking about him so mm having that as the name of my song i think like it was something that people were curious about so um definitely things like that 
exactly to my advantage for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, do you find that your manager and your label have has helped you um, know more artists in the city? Or is that something that you have been doing on your own? And you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I could work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or is it a combination of both where they help you and you also do your discovering on your own? I think it definitely is um something you have to take your own initiative to do for the most part um although uh i guess one aspect where the label helped in a way was like i i hit up you know some of the artists other artists on their roster we just like you know like chat here and there um and uh, one girl, Maggie Andrew, we're like basically besties now, but <laughs> but that was some that wasn't something that the label really facilitated. So I think for the most part, you would have to seek out those kind of um, opportunities on your own. And if like there's, for example, a show you watch and you know, the performer did really great, you're you know feel free to like chat with them after the show or something like that Mm, say i'm a musician that Mm. basically um needs resources to create my music uh in the city right um apart from going in and finding people that can help you right what resources in the city could i use to elevate my music there is a um building called launchpad it's uh yeah it's um uh on the waterfront like um and my friend used to work like that area uh yeah kind of like more towards that direction okay and um and i I knew it because of friend friend work there but when i went to see the building the space i i really liked the concept of it it's basically a co-working space like we work but for musicians oh. and other um creative types so you know i remember there was a whole like textile studio like even like woodworking studio i'm not sure That's but interesting. there were music studios for sure <laughs> and video yeah so the membership is is not super cheap but just to have access to all that and the um network that comes out of the space um there's a one singer daniela andrade yes who i listen to her amazing music yes yes um i remember going to her ep release party because i was the plus one of the friend i mentioned who worked at launchpad and um at the event apparently like a lot of people um were associated with like that network so yeah i'd imagine that it's like really really good community yeah Mm -hmm. um do you know the estimated price or at at least when you visited Mm. there's different uh what do you call it tiers Uh, tiers yeah so the basic one is just you use like the um you could the common area the price don't worry like just (laughs) estimates just estimates oh i really don't know like maybe like 50 a month that's probably not even <laughs> accurate but i i don't know if that includes like the seminars as well 
Oh, there's um, seminars yes, too? Yes. Okay. Which, okay. Yeah. No. So, like, have you tried the seminar or do you know anything about the seminars? Um, I have not tried them yet, but okay. I hope to. Yeah. They sound really interesting, actually. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Music um, industry stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine it'd be really beneficial for someone like, um, you know, looking to their career that's interesting and that's what can help a lot of artists out there that are like i don't know where to go to um like i i want to i want to learn i want to um actively get more resources actively communicate and launchpad is the way to go apparently right Mm -hmm. well one of the many ways to go yes right so thank you for that um is there any other resources that you might know or um, that you have utilized? I've utilized uh, Factor, uh, which is um, a Canada government grant for musicians. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've only heard of like Council of the Arts. And, oh, and I don't whatnot. know that one. No? No. Um, I, I will send you links. I might butcher it, but Canada Council of the Arts or Toronto Council of the Arts? Ontario mm-hmm. Council of the Arts, I mean. Right. Um, grants, they give them to, um, yeah, anyone in the arts. Uh, I believe there are four, three tiers to it. Right. The first would be like a grant less than like 10,000 below, I believe. Hmm. And then the second one, I don't know if it's 20 or 40,000. I don't, I don't remember. Hmm. Or a hundred thousand down. Um, I'm butchering this, by the way. And then the last one is like a three hundred thousand, right? Grant, oh, wow. and that would be like films and whatnot, like indie oh. films, etc., etc. Right? Um, yeah, you should also look into it. Of them, um, and it's really easy to apply. Anyone can apply to them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's accessible to art, film, dance, and music students, um, students, people. Uh, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a beginner in, the, in your field, if you are, um, if you have been doing it for a while, um, that's the way to go. You cannot go for a $300,000 grant without going from the second, and you cannot go get the second without doing the first. From what I read on it, I might be butchering this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from what I read, you have to get the first one. And then within a year or like after a year, uh, slightly a year, you have to get the second grant and then the third. Um, I will have to look into it a lot more Mm -hmm. and then come on and and speak more about it. But then you get the idea. You can like simply go on it and actually get a grasp of it. Right. Thank you for your resources, by the way. what long-term goals do you have as a musician and by long-term basically like three years Hmm. i guess i am still trying to figure it out um right now i'm sort of at a crossroads i guess i'm kind of personally left with oh should i like maybe go back to focusing on producing more because through the past two years like I had the opportunity to meet some cool artists that, you know, kind of inspired me to get back into producing. Yeah. um, That might be a thing. Or, you know, of course, like, I'd always 
want to continue making music as an artist. Yeah. Um, I guess the question is, will I have the resources to, you know, make all the videos and, you know, whatnot. Mm. But I guess because I do so much already on my own, that probably won't have to be like something i need to worry about because you know yeah i produce my own stuff i can film videos just on my iphone and yeah um yeah so i i definitely we'll see but i know at the very least um my second ep will be dropped it's called art class oh and i'll be serving that yeah <laughs> and like i said i've you know i had these songs ready for 12 months so yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that release and um i've had ideas for a third a 30p um just based on like you know my experiences with life in mm. the past like two years and mm moving back to the city after the cases got really bad because i did uh move to my hometown um kitchener i say with family in newmarket as well um while the pandemic was sort of at its peak um so the experience of like being back in the city and there's definitely stuff i want to write about so yeah that's something yeah with your music it's more emotions I will use my emotions to create. Mm, it's definitely towards the emotional side. Yeah. Um, because writing music is definitely a great way to express the messages that sometimes it's hard to put in words. So the creative outlet aspect is like a big part of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, like I also am a fan of like pop culture and, you know, I... I see what's in the news and like what's going on. So like, for example, when I did the Timothy song, that was kind of like name dropping an actor who's yeah. like, you know, we see his face or whatever. So it's, it's a little bit of a combination. 